what's up everybody this is your girl Shanika Natea affectionately known as Nini and you are listening to Brutally Opinionated today I have the honor of not having not only one but two guests that are straight out of the N.O. and that would be none other than Shadon and Kareem the Magnolia Twins you got it you got it that's it love one how y'all doing we all right chilling we ain't doing too much slow motion, you know. Right. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a, a slow day today. Oh, that's Sunday. So, yeah. tell the listeners about yourself. Uh, I'm Shadon. I'm one of the twins. I'm the oldest twin. I'm Kareem. Three minutes. I mean, we three minutes apart. You wouldn't really count that, but you see, he always like to say it don't count, but if somebody actually counts, right? Yeah, it okay, does. It really does. Okay, that is. Uh, we have a podcast. It's called Think Twice Podcast, Twice with the Two. Uh, we initially got got on the scene by doing an interview with Video Wayne. Uh, he's from New Orleans. He's one of the one of the originators of doing some of those uh, those interview type videos. Mm-hmm. But we were known in the streets before the videos came out. So he reached back to a lot of guys that was in the streets, and we was one of the guys. Some of the guys he reached out to. That's how we got a little okay. notoriety uh, and a little buzz inside the uh, social media world. Okay. Well, how did y'all get the name the Magnolia Twins? Well, actually, we didn't We didn't name ourselves that. Other people named us that. Yeah, other people named us that because when we did the interviews, you know, that's what he had on on, on, the, uh, on, the, on the title or the interviews, the Magnolia Twins. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it made a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it like to grow up in, in, in the N.O.? Um, it, it was rough. It was rough. Dangerous, you know? Mm-hmm. Real, real dangerous. Like in 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 the span of like six years, I had lost five uncles, my dad, and my little brother all to murder in New Orleans. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Uh, I went to the military after high school. After I got the military, I, I ended up being caught up in the streets for a long time after that. You know what I'm saying? Well, fortunately for us, though, the good thing was we didn't grow up in a broken home. You know, we grew up in a loving home. My mother wasn't on drugs; she worked. My father was deceased. When I was nine years old, but I mean, my mom, we still had a structure in our household. It was a loving home, you know? Right, right. I'm glad you used that term because a lot of people, they they tend to think because sometimes you often grew up in a single parent home that it is a broken home. No, it's not a broken home. It may be a single parent home in most cases, but it's never a broken home. Right. It wasn't broken. We didn't get beat on or misused or molested or none of that shit right there. Our mama didn't play with us. I'm gonna be real with you. She didn't play at all. When the street lights came on, you, you better that. be inside. <laughs> you need that. Yeah. You definitely need that coming up mm-hmm. in that type of environment. So, who were some of your biggest hip hop influences coming up? Uh, I gotta give it to Pop, Spice One, Cube, Cube, N.W.A., yeah. Biggie, Nas, 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 my favorite artist right now to this day. Uh, Main Source. Uh, uh, Black okay. Thought, Diggable Planets, Diggable Planets, you know, people like that. Uh, I like Papoose right now, you know, mm-hmm. I'm listening to him right now. Uh, Spice One, Spice One, of course, was another one that, that really was a, a big influence uh, with us. Scarface, you know, people like that. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. can't forget, yeah, can't forget the legendary Scarface. Ice Cube is my number one favorite. Oh, yeah, Ice, Ice Cube is, uh, is, is uh, one of the greatest of all time, all time, no doubt. No and about to it. this day, nobody is fucking with no Vaseline. I'm sorry, that is not up for debate. Nobody is fucking with that. As far as the diss track, 
<laughs> so what was the hip hop scene like for you both back in New Orleans back then? Um, we listened to a lot of state property, uh, the rock, the locks, the locks, um, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of Venus Siegel and uh, the hot boys, the hot boys, of course, no limit, you know what I'm saying? Uh, a lot of mm-hmm. big boy and mystical, mm-hmm. uh, partners in crime, people like that, UNLV, <laughs> of course, uh, UNLV, BG, Wayne, Juvie Turk, you know, people like that, man. See, Murder, Soldier mm-hmm. Slim, you know, people like that. Now, I know far as the N.O. sound definitely took some time to get adjusted to once it started to reach a broader audience. But once it caught on, it took off. Can you describe what what made it so unique? Um, You know, I really can't say what made it so unique because it was regular to me. Like like mm-hmm. t- uh, a soldier Reebok, white tees and Jabos and stuff like that. That was just everyday living to me. Soldier rags, soldier rags, the hallway. Yeah, you know, was, hustling. Most of them rapping about we was doing that. Seeing murder, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't nothing major to me. You did. They shot all the videos, mm-hmm. the but they shot all those those first cash money videos. They shot them in the, in the spot we used to be in, we that we grew up in. And I guess just like the West Coast and the East Coast. You know, you, you tell your story um, coming from your perspective in New Orleans. Right. So where did it all start with the origin of the New Orleans hip-hop sound? What was, uh, who was your hometown influence? Uh, I have a lot of hometown influences, but, but the origin of all of that, just like any other place that you might go, for instance, if you go in Chicago, it's the drill music, but originally people in Chicago, they really like house music. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Nobody's gonna tell you in Chicago they don't like house music, and our music in New Orleans is bounce. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like DC might have go go, uh, Miami might have the bass music. Uh, uh, Texas got screw. Texas got screw music. You know, things mm-hmm. that LA got the, the heavy hand clap. You know, and they and they music. You know what I'm saying? So, right. You know, uh, I was our our music was bounce. It came from uh the Brown beat and the Trigger Man beat from New York. But we made it to party music. We made it to party music and dance music. Okay, and the early and, the early influences so, of that was uh was a uh, the Ninja Crew, Manny Fresh, uh, uh, DJ Jimmy, DJ Jimmy uh, uh, Ghost Town DJ, the Juice Crew, uh, what's this guy, Gregory D, you know, uh, people like that, DJ Irv, T Tucker, in the early days, you know. Mhm. Yep. Is that what got you into wanting to do music? You know who got me into wanting to do music? I'm going to be real with you. Uh, N.W.A. got me into wanting to do music. No, before that. Even before that, yep. We was Dougie Fresh. Yeah, Dougie Fresh and Slick Rick and, and Rakim them, really, before N.W.A. Yeah. Okay. So those guys, like, because and my, that was the first storyteller rappers I had ever encountered. You know what I'm saying? People like that that were telling right. stories that was real fresh with the ballets and the silks and the dope three-finger rings and shit like that. And not just that, when hip-hop first hit... It hit like like it was like I, I guess you would want to say is we thought everybody was gonna thought it was a fad, but everybody wanted to rap. Rap was the mm-hmm. shit, you know what I'm saying? Everybody wanted to have their little balls they wanted to spit. So when we heard shit like Dougie Fresh in the show and we seen Rock Kim with the three finger rings and shit, we was like, hey, I'm gonna write my raps too. So we, I mean, it was like breakdancing. Everybody was breakdancing. Breakdancing was, you know, it was popular. Right, and not only when they told our stories, you can visualize it like you're right in that moment with them. 
Right, right. And people don't realize, man, like, they think this is a, is a South that we catch on the stuff, stuff slow. But we always had people that went out of town for the summer and come back with rap mixtapes and, you know what I'm saying? We started stealing the lowly amount of new houses they was building and start break dancing all night. We was doing windmills and no hands and all that shit. When they was doing it in New York, we was doing it in New Orleans, too. You know, okay, we watched yeah. the break and shit in Boogaloo and uh, what that is? They, they shot in California? Oh yeah, um, breaking. breaking yeah, we were watching that. We was trying. To, we were doing all the stuff they were doing on that. We wanted. We, we, we was enamored by that lifestyle. Yeah, we were. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think we all were because I can't tell you how many coffee tables I slammed into trying to do turbos <laughs> and ozones. And yeah, yeah. you know, I got to hear my grandmother say, "What you doing in there? You turn up my furniture." I'm like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." <laughs> yeah. No, that's no lie, right there. That was a, a guarantee. That's when we playing with Granny. Right. Now you both joined the military, um, uh-huh. the Marines to be exact. What yep. was the reason or motivation behind that decision, and how was your experience or the experience for both of you? How was the experience for both of you guys? Well, we admired my dad a lot coming up, and my dad was a Marine. He was the Vietnam, mm-hmm. so he used to always tell us about his Vietnam stories and stuff like that. And I admired my dad so much. We both wanted to be like him. So I said, when I graduate from high school, I'm going to the Marines. Yeah. And uh, at the time, they was offering a program called a buddy program. So if you sign mm-hmm. up with somebody, y'all go to boot camp together. After that, y'all go y'all separate ways. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, August 29, 2005, uh-huh. Hurricane Katrina hit, right? Right. Where were you both at that time? What was, what was going through your mind just watching your city, actually your entire state being washed away so tragically? Um, and the inhumane conditions our people had to endure for days, weeks, months, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest with you, who's in Memphis? Uh, a, 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 a week before Katrina came, one of our good friends, who I call my brother, had got killed, and we was going. We went to his funeral. A week later, Katrina came, but a few days before Katrina, we went to Memphis before the hurricane came, because we had an aunt that had lived in Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis, mm-hmm. Tennessee. So uh, we really actually watched Katrina from the news in Memphis, Tennessee. We was devastated. Okay. We was devastated because we understood <laughs> the last time I'm ever going to sit inside my living room and watch Sports Center, I was never going to be able to do that again. Yeah, ever. Ever. And they said some places still to this day have not recovered. Oh, a lot of places. A lot of places have not recovered. You know, the side of the time where black people live, they're not worrying about fixing that. Uh-huh. It's a lot of a lot of shit still tore down, pull up um, down there. If you go down there, you'll see it. it ain't all the, you know, it's easy to see. You did, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's hit. It's tore up. It was all part of the gentrification process, what they call ethnic. Absolutely, absolutely. People that, but, but uh, you see white people at now, you'll never see them <clears throat> in these places that I'm talking. That used to you in our time, you'll never see them. You know what I'm saying? Right. And what we fail to understand is when we have these moments of, let's say, let's take George Floyd, how we have the riots with George Floyd, and um, we didn't necessarily have one for Tyree Nichols, but, you know, every time an unarmed black man is killed and we protest and, they, you know, at night they normally turns into a riot. What we fail to realize is when we destroy those businesses, we make it so much easier for them to just take it. You get what I'm saying? We make it just so much easier for them to not even have to do the job of, you know, tearing down our neighborhood. 
I kind of disagree with that. I disagree with that. Since you know why I disagree with that? Because the most important thing for them and the biggest revenue for them is to be open. Mm-hmm. To make money. And we don't own the businesses in those neighborhoods anyway. And although they are insured, but listen, if you don't rattle us, if you don't upset the establishment, then you're not, you got to upset them. Yeah. You have to upset them. You see what I'm saying? And we can't just let them happen and protest and march and be peaceful. We got to tear this motherfucker up every time they violate us. We got to tear it yeah, up but we should, every time. Should we tear up our own property? Though? That's not our, our, our own neighborhood. That's not, that's, not our, that's, not our, that's not our property, our neighborhood. We don't own none of that. We don't own that. They own that. We got to start getting to a place where we start owning. I agree with that. Man, I, agree with I agree with that. But if we burn this shit down, that's always been revolutionary tactics, not just in America. Burn it down to the ground. Every Across the globe. So when we do it as black people in America, we shouldn't be shunned for doing, for take, on partaking revolutionary acts. Because that's what that is. I agree. Because we definitely have to make a statement. But sometimes when you have these, I think about oftentimes when you have your grandmother or your grandfather who don't have transportation and need to get to those you know, pharmacies that's in walking distance and they can't because we've we destroyed it and they need to get that medicine. You get what I'm saying? I feel that. I feel that. But you know what? That, that That's that's just a, uh, that's a casualty of war. I mean, they didn't die and we have to find ways to get them their medicine, but the bigger picture is that we are just, we, we are attacking the establishment. Even though I'm not with protesting and all of that, you know what I'm saying? I'm really not yeah, with that. I'm about that. Really, we got to hit them in, our, in their pocket. We got to hit them in their mouth. We ain't going to be able to hit them in their pockets because they got all the money. They own 100% of the economy. But see who I, you know, what I I know is white wealth cannot survive without black oppression. Exactly. But you know what, though? This is what has to happen. The black people that are wealthy enough and that do have the money, they got to stop being scared. They're going to take all their money from them. Yeah. They 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 can't be scared to speak up. They can't be scared to challenge the establishment, establish, uh, uh, challenge injustice. Silence is guilt. You know, silence is guilt when it comes out of this. Well, look, they tell them, look, nigga, you better not say them, we're gonna take all your money, nigga. Don't say nothing. You better keep your mouth closed. Cause we influence everything. You know, don't say nothing. Keep your mouth closed. If you say something, we're gonna take all your money from you. You see what I'm saying? You know, we have the highest spending power in the world. I believe it's four point seven trillion dollars. Exactly. We're the biggest consumers. We are consumers. Yes. And the capitalist, and and the capitalist society, we consumers. We are willing to pay double for a product with no problem. Yeah, exactly. Just to get it, you know, just to get it at a certain time frame. Well, that goes that goes right back to our uh, our spiritual inability. It goes mm-hmm. back to, to not, us not knowing our history, our cognitive disability. It all goes back to the sickness that was imposed on us for to be oppressed, for to be, you know, in the situation we, we were as a people. We didn't fight back. We still don't fight back. Whatever they tell us to do, we gonna do it. Take a shot, you gonna die. It. We all gonna take a shot. You know. Uh, stay inside or you don't catch COVID. We're all going to stay inside. You know? We're sheep. The we're media not a is the biggest fear tactic ever. Huh? The media plays on your emotions. That's the biggest fear tactic ever. I absolutely agree with that. That's a fact. I That's... think she missed the point when I was saying how the people that do have the money, they're scared to speak up mm-hmm. or scared to do something. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Because they're going to take their money from them. That's what they're scared of. So they have a, they have a system to keep them in check too. You know what I'm saying? They fool people with this Democratic Republican crap. But the truth is, Republicans figure out ways to steal money from rich people, and Democrats figure out ways to steal money from poor people. They want in the same they spectrum. Sure do. Just like the, uh, the 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 DA and the judge and the and the public uh, the public defendant, 
they go in that back room and chop it up and figure out how they gonna run this 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 Ponzi scheme. Same thing, same thing with politics. Same thing. The government creates the problem so they can be the solution, so we can continuously rely on them. Exactly. 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 That's how well, it goes. What was your relationship with the Cash Money family? Do you um, do you still keep in contact, or do you keep in contact with anybody still? Well, you know what? I live in Houston, if I, and if Juvenile come out here, if I see Turk or if I see BG, it's love because we, we all come up in the same area. Like I said, I would never sign mm-hmm. the cash money. If I see Baby, it should be love for us. I'm concerned, but you know, I, I don't I don't have a close relationship with any of those guys like right now to this day. But we all grew up in the same area, same time. Yeah, you know, same. And so we all knew each other. Through all those videos, we was in a lot of those videos that they shot in the Magnolia. I was also in Baller Blocking for like 10, 10 seconds of a second. You know what I'm saying? But I was in it. Mm-hmm. You dig? And like you said, it's all love when you see it. Yeah, yes, certainly. Yes. Certainly. So who do you feel is the biggest success story coming from the end Uh, I got to see. I got to see. Master you mean music? Or- music uh, uh, business-wise. Music. Well, both. I got to say, Tyler Perry will be one. Mm-hmm. Tyler Perry will yes. be one. Yeah. And Lil Wayne is for all the Lil Wayne. He's from New Orleans. Huh? Tyler Perry. I said sometimes I often forget Tyler Perry is from New Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's from he uptown. Walk up his life in Georgia. Yeah, he's six in Barone. He's not too far from where we not too far from the Magnolia project to be uh to be truthful to you. Yeah. Uh okay. But I got to put Baby and Slim and, and uh, uh 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 Master P into that into that too. You know what I'm saying? I gotta okay. put them in that fold too. Like the most successful. I gotta honestly say that because they're the ones who really put New Orleans on the map on a national level, those two uh, record labels. Okay. You did. Now, who are some of the artists that y'all listen to today? Uh, Right now, I listen to... Uh, mm-hmm. Killer Mike. I'm, I'm, I'm loving that Killer Mike right now. We on the Killer Mike. Oh, yes. Yeah, we on... Uh, thir- I, still, I still listen to David Banner. David Banner. Third Age Fesh. Uh, Conway the Machine. Uh, Davies. Davies. Vado, you know, that whole camp over there, man. You know what I'm saying? Schoolboy Q. Benny the Butcher. Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar, schoolboy. You dig? People like that. Now, speaking of Killer Mike, I got to I gotta say, Andre Three Stacks is one of my top favorites, too. Okay. Now, yeah. I feel like he's going to make a comeback because he's been kind of popping his head in and out on, you know, different tracks lately. I really feel like he's going to make a comeback. He's going to make that final album. I would support that because I like Andre 3000. I ain't going to lie to you. I support that. Andre 3000 is underrated to me. As an yes. MC. Yeah, he's underrated. Yes. He doesn't get the credit he he so is deserving of. Yep. I absolutely agree. So since we're talking about hip-hop, where do you feel the state of hip-hop is now? Low vibrational. Oh, man. It's in the toilet bowl right now. It's low vibrational. Nobody's teaching... Well, some people are, but for the most part, we're going to speak collectively, not individually. Collectively, it's shit to me. I don't even listen to a whole bunch of people right now. You turn a female rap company into a whole show. Yeah. You know? It has been. A female can be talented as hell. If she's not talking about doing no freaky stuff, I'm, you know, not, she's not going to sell records. Same thing with a guy. He can be talented as hell. He ain't talking about popping perks and sliding on nigga with his chopper. He ain't going to sell no records. And that's fucked up. It's- it's damaging and what people don't they don't understand is our music hold up Nene not to cut you off we can curse right yeah okay 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 (laughs) go ahead my bad go ahead 
what we with what a lot of us fail to understand is our music influences our environment and our environment influences our music so it's like what can we do to change the trajectory when it comes to controlling our own narrative of what we put out i'm gonna be totally honest with you i think as long as those conditions exist people are going to rap about it because it's reality People want to hear that. And people want to hear that. You know, it brings them back to a place, you know what I'm saying? Oh, that's what they understand. They vibrate on that frequency. You understand what I'm saying? But since, yeah, it's my like opinion, you can't function this, without dysfunction. Okay, this is my opinion right here. I feel like when it mm-hmm. comes down to music, we mm-hmm. should we should, we should should live there always. We should be the spook that's set behind the door. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by okay, that is, okay, mm-hmm. I might spit this bullshit to you. I might spit this old murder music to you, which y'all see that every day anyway. But... I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the money though. I'm gonna take the money mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm going back to the community. And put my boots on the ground. I'm gonna be the spook that right. sat behind the door. That's what I'm gonna do. But I'm damn sure not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, talk all this street shit to go spend my money with white folks to go to live in their neighborhood and take all the money and give it to them and do nothing for my community. Nah, I I can't feel that. I can't feel that. I definitely agree with that. Because when you got it. It is. I'm sorry. Let me say one. Let me add to that. Because one thing about the rap game right now, if you're not rapping about that bullshit, you ain't gonna sell no records. You're not gonna sell no and records. And that's sad. Because that they, is they so can, sad. They control the music industry. We sold out. We sold it to them. We give it to them. Yeah, we are way too open with our culture. We're yep. too quick to give our cookout invites all the time. Yeah. Um. You know, we never set any type of boundaries nope. for anyone. Any type of group, we never set any type of boundaries, and we leave the door open for them to constantly disrespect us. Yep, facts. And we are we are responsible. No one is going to save us but us. We are completely responsible for controlling our own narrative. Right, we are responsible, and that's just what it is. Yep, we can't be asking nobody so, else, no congressman, no mayor, none of that. We have to be responsible. Look in the mirror, and that's where the revol- revolution starts with you. Absolutely. First, that that self accountability first, and then it spills over in everywhere else in your home, your community, everywhere from how you spend your dollars, who you vote for. That's where it starts. Yeah. So, who are your top producers? Top producers, top songs, and artists. <laughs> oh man, um, Doctor Dre. Doctor Dre, of course. Man and Fresh. Man and Fresh. Mouse on the tracks. Mouse, who's doing boosting the music in the beginning. I really like him. L Chemist. I like the I like the L Chemist. I like uh uh Yep, just Blaze. Beast by the Pound that was doing like uh Master P early music. KLC the Muffin Parkway. Precise. Uh my man Diesel. Yeah, Diesel. Uh my favorite rappers. I'm gonna do all of you mean all time. Where you where you wanna go with it? Um, you can do all time. You can mix it up. Um, okay, I, I, I just need my top ten and no place or order. There ain't no in specific, you know, order. Um nah. Wayne, Lil Wayne, Nas. I gotta put Cuban up, because we agree on that. We both put Cuban. He's, yes. Scarface <laughs> is the king of the south to me. Um, um I wanna say mystical. Cause he's he was very different in the way he, his flow was, you know, he was very very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't leave Jay Z out because Jay Z was influential influential in my hip hop life. Yeah. Um, um, who else? Jada Kiss. Jada Kiss with the locks. Jada Kiss was 
Yeah, his voice is just awesome. Biggie, Rock him and by the grandfather. Pac, and Rakim. That's my that's my top ten. Okay. All right. That's that's good. But my favorite businessman and for the music interview is Fifty Cent. I love Fifty. Yeah, he's doing the damn thing though. I love I, Fifty. I gotta give it to him. Very controversial, but Fifty doing the damn thing. He know what he's doing. Yeah, right? I love Fifty. I love him. So, what on a on a deeper note? Mm-hmm. As far as um, where we are as a people, right? Okay. Where do you feel the disconnect is? I feel the disconnect is as, as us as a people, we don't have a knowledge of self. Mm. That's what I feel. You know, we don't have a knowledge of self. And as long as you don't have a knowledge of self, you'll believe whatever somebody tell you about yourself. Yeah, that's how I They'll tell you, oh, you're a Hebrew. You are more. You are this. You are that. You are Abel. You're a Native American. You're a Cherokee. You this and you that. But we need to look in the mirror and live in our reality. That's mm-hmm. what we got to do. And that is a black man in America. Yeah, I know black is a color. Yeah, I know standing. Nah, 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 nah. Missing it with all that. Yeah. They'll slam your ass on, on, on your head in the courtroom with that fans on your head. That sovereignty shit. They don't, they don't care about that. And as far as people talking about their chosen people, um, that would make God a bigot. That's what my teacher said. John Henry Clark said, oh, make God a bigot have a chosen people. Ain't no chosen people. We need to choose our own people. Look in the mirror and become our own saviors. Stop letting these religions divide us and these social constructs divide us. That's our problem as a people. We got to live in our reality, man. And that's the truth. And we got to start dealing with our traumas. Yeah, yeah. Mental mental health is something big that we don't really deal with in, you know, in in our black community. You know, mental health is something that we just Oh, them niggas crazy. Oh, she crazy. See, that's, that's how we push it to the side and we don't deal with it. You know what I'm saying? Because we never had the tools. We never had the tools and sometimes it's not often recognized to even know where to start, you know, where to start your healing process, especially with our black men and women. Like, our relationships are so fractured for the most part. I absolutely agree with that. But you know what keeps me grounded and keeps me understanding something? I, I absolutely understand that we can't rise no higher than our woman and she can't rise no higher than us. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. We, we can't leave her other. behind. She can't leave us behind. Either we do it together or we don't do it. We need each other. It's our job to build each other up. That's why I don't believe in that. I don't need a man or I don't need... My man. We, we need each other. You need your man to lead that household. And, you know, his job is to lead that household or that community properly properly and it's our job to make sure that he has what he needs to continue to lead we gotta pour into each other so as much as I need him to pour into me I have to pour into him right. and it's, it's important that we understand that something else too. I mean this thing gets so deep on a deeper level that we'll have to have this conversation on another show but I mean I definitely well, just it, to, it's, it's, just it's to, a lot just to touch on what you said you know what it is we have to create balance you know what balance is we have universal duties as men and women, as husband and wife, as couples, mm-hmm. as and being in a union. As men and, and women, we have universal duties. You know what I'm saying? And what I mean by that right. is, you know, these girls these days, they want to do the same things you do. They want to, you know, they want to, they want to play your role. For example, and we're not equal on that. Level. We're not. We just not. We're not. For example, if you and I were married, right, and we had kids, mm-hmm. and. uh we upstairs in our house sleeping, and you hear noise downstairs. You're not going to say, say, hey, twin, look, go get the kids and hide. I'm going to go downstairs and see what this noise is. No. 
you're not gonna do that. You're gonna send me down there because that's my that's my universal duty. Right. Now these girls these days might be like, nah, we both gonna go down there with our guns and see what's going on. I said leave our kids to what about we both go down there and get killed and our kids gotta get shipped off to the state now. Right. Because you wanna do what I'm doing. I'm telling you to go do what I ask you to do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we have to, we have to, we have to, no matter, let me tell you something. No matter what anybody say, now this is just my opinion right here, what I'm about to tell you. There's no true love in this world that's more truer than the mother and her child. That is the truth. All that dick pussy shit, that shit get played out. You know what I'm saying? That wears mm-hmm. off. That wears off. I'm talking about a true mother. Though. I ain't talking about no, no junkie or no, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about a real mother. A real mother. No, I, that is the truth. That's the original that love. That's the truth. That's original love. I have an animalistic instinct when it comes to mine. Right. That's the only true love. That's the only true love, though. All that relationship shit, all that, that ain't no true love. That's a feeling. You know, that's the emotion. When you laugh, and something is funny, you laugh, and after the laugh, it ain't funny no more, you stop laughing. When you're hurt and you cry, and when you ain't hurt no more, you stop crying, it's the same thing with love. Once that feeling is gone, sometimes it's gone. You know? Right. And we have to have, we have to start providing safe spaces for each other, you know, to, to express our feelings, our true feelings. I, I don't, we have I to. don't, no, no, I disagree with you, sis. I don't think a man should never express his true feelings to a woman because a lot of women couldn't take it. Yep. They're usually against him. They're usually against him. He, he can't do that. But see, you use the term women. True women will do that. What? They would allow you to express your feelings. I mean, his true women. You hold up. You mean his? You mean his true feelings, sis? Yes. True nah, women. Nah, 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 nah. If a man told Real you, sis, women. if a man told you, and be, I want you to be honest, sis. Look, I don't want to get married okay. in a relationship. I just, I just want to be in your guts every now and then. Every now and I want to have sex with a few other women too. You know, how would you feel about that? What would you tell him? I would have to respect that, but I couldn't be a part of that. Okay, but listen, a man is only as faithful as his options. I'm gonna say that again. A man is only faithful as, as his office. If you take him, if you take a hundred men, you ask them, would you like to have sex with more than one woman? How many of you think will say, oh yes, I'd like to have more than one woman? Be honest with me, sis. You said how many would say, oh I yes, yes I like I that. want more than one woman. Not too many of them would be completely honest about it. No, no, no. I don't think No, so. no, no. How many of them would say I only want to sleep with one woman for the rest of my life and that's it? Oh, you want to say, well, you can have four, five women, however many women you want. Okay, so you're asking with the, as far as the man or with the woman? Well, the woman ain't like the man. Nah, y'all not like, y'all not, y'all not cut like us. Y'all, women are loyal by nature. I give y'all that. Y'all are loyal by mm-hmm. nature. And that's the beauty of a woman. They're loyal by nature. But a man, we're not built like that. A man mm-hmm. is not, his nature is not like a woman's nature. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, not saying it's right, but that's just what that's just what it is. We gotta look at it like this: we forced to live in a Western culture lifestyle, you know, which is which I understand. Okay, you love somebody, you marry somebody, you be with that one person, but the divorce rate is like seventy some odd, eighty some percent, and the main two reasons are financial and infidelity. You know. So how do you feel that we can get to a better place, though? Um, we be more honest with each other. Um. I don't. I don't think polygamy should, should be taken off the table uh, in the community. I don't think it should be because most of us are doing the shit anyway. You know, uh, alternative relationships. I don't know. I mean, I really can't explain it. I don't know. But this is what I mean when I say people doing polygamy anyway. 
and you, this may not be, it's not true. I'm just saying, just, I'm going to use the example. Just say one of your homegirls you know in the hood, right? Mm-hmm. She had a baby daddy. They, they live together, right? Mm-hmm. They live together. But she know he fucking his, little, his, his other baby mama around the corner. She know he fucking the little girl that play on his phone all the time when they're in the bed together. And he know, she know he's still fucking his ex. All of them know that they fucking each other. All of them know this about, about him. But none of them ain't gonna stop fucking with him because none of them don't want to lose him up. They be like, bitch, what? Well, she ain't gonna have him. I ain't gonna let her have him. So I'm gonna keep on fucking with him and play games on the phone and sneak on him fucking when, you know? And that's just childish and it's, 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 uh, it's irresponsible. You know? Very much so. It's and irresponsible. It's a mindset because me personally, I can't be a part of that. You know what I'm saying? Well, you, you're a little bit like, more intelligent. We're speaking collectively, though. Like, a lot of people that, like, I couldn't do that either. Like, I don't have the energy or time to do that. I'm saying, like, mm-hmm. a lot of relationships and shit that go on, I know men be having different women, and sometimes the women know, but they just don't stop fucking with them because they got either too much invested or she don't want the other girl to have them. Or she dick drunk. Or she, yeah. Let's just keep it 100. Or, or she dick drunk. Yeah, Digmatized. Digmatized. Whatever they call them in the days, I don't know. <laughs> and that happens. But with me, it's like you taking away my option. Like if, if you if you messing around with somebody else, and if I know about it, that's something different. But I can't be a part of it. I feel that. But if yeah, I don't you, know about should. it, but back at to this the, point, but, you're taking away my option. But to, back to you know to. But look, back to, to our, be a part of this relationship. Back to our original topic, though. If, if if I meet a girl and say, look, if I just say if I, if I was to go to uh Florida, Miami. And I'm, and I'm in Miami and parted my ass off, right? And I meet a bro and say, look at man, I don't live out here in no Miami. I'm only out here for a week. Uh, uh, I'm full of that motherfucking Tito's. I'm full, uh, I'm full of that Hennessy. I just want to bring you to your hotel room and knock your socks off. What's now? She not going, that's not going to work. But that's the truth. That's what's really on my mind as a man. I don't live out here. I don't know if I'm going to see you again. You know what I'm saying? You look good. Mm-hmm. I look good. That, that's, women can't have no truth like that. Not most of them because they're going to think, they're going to think that, oh, that's all you want? That's that's how women think. You know? Not all of them. Not all of them. Not all of them. But I'm just saying the truth. I'm speaking collectively. I'm I'm not speaking, I'm speaking collectively. Like, the truth is, most, some men can't handle the truth, though. Not just women. Some men can't handle the truth. So I ain't gonna just put it on on women. You dig? Right. That's why I don't believe in generalizing because the experience that I may have with, with one guy may not be the experience that I'm going to have with the next person, with the next guy. You get what I'm saying? I so I'm not going to bring my past into my current relationship. Well, that's good because a lot of a lot of women, men too, they bring that old baggage into the into the into their new situations. You know what I'm saying? A lot of yeah. people do that, and they and they take it out on a on a on a good person. Yeah, yeah. that's facts. That's facts. Another thing yeah. that we missed, we got to talk about choices. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about women's choices and men's choices. Like, we can't choose no fucked up person and say, oh, man, these hoes ain't shit. We can't choose no fucked up nigga. Like, man, these niggas ain't shit. Nah. Accountability. Accountability to make better choices. That's what we got to mm-hmm. do. Because me, I can say I fucked over some good ones. And the ones that I should have did dirty, that's the ones, you know what I'm saying, like, that I stayed with. That's my fault. I take my lick. I learned from that, though. You know? Mm-hmm. I learned from that. Here's the thing. See, if you go to the club and, 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 and you meet the broad... Uh, 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 popping, uh, 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 pussy popping on the front of the hood or something, and then you make it your old lady, and you and you go to work, and you come home, you find a nigga putting twelve inches in her. That's your fault, homie. You asked for that. Look how you met her. Look how you met her. You asked for that. 
So we got to be accountable too. Like women don't be accountable either. One of them niggas that's like, baby, when you at work, bring me home a, um, a six pack and in, in, in a pack of cigarettes. One of them type of niggas. Why you on the sofa all day long playing the game? Come on, man. Don't make women got to make better choices too. Men too, though. We do too. We don't want to take a right, before our choices. We want to just generalize it and make and make statements about who right and who wrong. But hey, man, ultimately you choose that situation that you in. You know? Yeah, because what you allow is going to continue to happen. Exactly. We 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 get dick drunk or we get pussy drunk and we ain't know the signs. We ain't know the red flags. You know what I'm saying? We all do that. Yeah, you, you got to learn how to walk away from toxic situations. Yep. Or even potentially toxic situations. Mm-hmm. Some people like that. They thrive in that. Believe it or not, I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it. Some women equate love with physical abuse. And that's a mental yes. problem. That's a mental, a mental mm-hmm. state that nobody don't talk about. Until one day he loves you to death. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. Or she loves you to death. Or she loves you to death. Either or way. she loves you to death. Yeah, because yeah, it's happening. Yeah. It's happening on both sides. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do no toxic shit, so I don't know what the woman thinks. You know, when, when, when they had the little thing going on with Kevin Gates, uh, you know, I'm a big toxic, but you're going to love it over here. No, the fuck I ain't. If you're toxic, I'm getting the fuck. I ain't fucking with you. I, shit. I don't care who, how good you look, how good your head is, how fat your ass is, how good the pussy is. I'm getting the fuck from around your meat. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a beta male. I'm an alpha male. I'd rather not even get physical with no female or get loud and confrontational. So to avoid me having to do any of that, man, I'm, I'm, I'm moving around straight up. I ain't gonna fuck with you. I ain't gonna fight. For the man and the woman. Huh? You know, you can't. It works both ways for the man and the woman because you can't ask the person to be your peace when you constantly bring in chaos to that life. Right. I agree. I agree. Since all I do is make money and smoke my weed. That's it. <laughs> That's all I do is make money and smoke my I ain't got time for the toxic shit. That's all I do is make my money and smoke my weed and stay out the way. I master the sucker ducking. I'm not. I ain't mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. I can't do the toxic shit. I'm single. What's, what's the realest advice that you were given that resonates with you to this day? The realest advice that was that, that could be given uh-huh. to me? That um, has been given to you that still resonates with you to, to, to this day, this very day. Um, Be accountable for your actions. Be accountable okay. for what? Okay, let me tell you what that means to me. When you wrong, say you wrong. If you sorry, say you sorry. Don't say you sorry just to end the argument or to set somebody up. Be apologetic for being wrong. Same behavior. Yeah, right. like, you know, like I, I studied the laws of my act. You know what I'm saying? Reciprocity. That's the bar right there. You know what I'm saying? Reciprocity. Uh, I believe in the laws of attraction. You get what you put out. Yeah. That's that's what mm-hmm. really turned me into the man that I am today. Not because I slung no iron or I slung dope and I hung around with killers and I. Not because none of that shit. Anybody could do that. When you wake up from from a, from a level of being uh, being on a low vibration to a high vibration, and like I said, you know, it changes you as a person. You, it changes you. It changes you. You know, when I do wrong, I don't put it on no devil. You know, when I when I need to get something, I don't get on my knees and pray for nobody out the sky to come bless me to make this happen for me. I go beat my feet, and I make it happen for myself. And see, when you learn right. that, it'll change your life. When I, I don't mean you, I mean as an individual, it'll change your life. Mm-hmm. Because you are the change that you seek, and they say you are the God that that. Don't the Bible say uh, God say that you you are gods? Right, that's what I was trying to say. Look, that's that's so cliche. Let me me break it down like this, because when we try to tell them that, they think that we mean, but he's not meaning you, God. Look, 
one of the many, many definitions of God is one who is worthy of praise. Mm-hmm. That could be your mother, your father, your ancestor. That's the definition of God. Now, if some people want to take the definition of all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving in the sky, they want to take that definition, that's fine. My definition of God is morality-based. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. One who's responsible for specific duty and creation. That's my mother and my father. Or my grandmother and my grandfather. You understand what I'm saying? Me personally, mm-hmm. I can't see me loving somebody who has never, ever, ever physically been there in my time of need more than my own mother, my grandfather, my grandmother. You know, I can't, my, my ancestors. I can't, I'm not putting nobody above my ancestors. I don't care what no books say. Nobody's above my ancestors. I ain't mad at that statement at all. Check this out, sis. That is so true. Check this out, sis. If I get in the jam right now, my mom is 72 years old. And I call my mom and say, yo, ma, check this out. I'm in Wooty Wop. I'm jammed up. You heard me? My mama going to come before my partners, my hitters, the Marines, the Navy, Jesus, Allah, Alibaba, Muhammad, the Lions for Skeddy Monster, Yahweh, whoever you name, my mama going to beat all of them here. You feel what I'm saying? When she get here, she going to be ready for whatever about to go down, too. Yeah, she's going to stop what she's doing because there's no... She is going to be ready for whatever... She's going to be... When she get it, she's going to be ready for whatever about to go down. You heard me? That's how my mom is. Mm -hmm. And that's before anybody. She's going to beat anybody here. But like you said earlier, it's no love like a mother and her child. There's nothing that can compare to that. Well, now now, now we're about to get off course a little bit, but this is just my... This is my understanding. My mother is my God, and I'll tell you why I say that. My first nurturer, sustainer, comforter, teacher was my mother. Mm-hmm. Disciplinarian was my mother. When I came from mm-hmm. the darkness, which was the, which was the spiritual world to the light, was the physical world, mm-hmm. I came to the woman, the black woman, was my mama. You see what I'm saying? I cried for my mama. She didn't cry for me because she had what I needed to sustain myself, that breast milk. Daddy didn't have that. Mama had that. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So my mama was my God until somebody came and taught me later on about a sky that I ain't never seen before. So in my understanding, is there something higher than us? Absolutely. There's a greater power than us. But anything that's, that, that I could uh, touch, tangible, it'll be my mother or my grandmother or my father. Because nobody don't love me more than them. They love me more than I love myself at one time. And how can anything be greater than which they came from? You cannot right. be greater from what you came. And that's your mama. Now I know they got some fucked up mothers that was crackheads. and We ain't talking about them. Because the exception don't make the rule. See what I'm saying, sis? The exception don't make the rule. I ain't talking about no crackhead mama or a mama that just fucked up shit to her children. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about a woman in her natural state and her natural duties in nature, a mother. You see what I'm saying? Our ancestors ain't worship no man in Africa. We generated the man and the woman and the child. That was the Holy Trinity. It wasn't no... Now we're getting all off subject. You know, now we're going to lose viewers. No, you're not. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because I, I tell people that Bible is, is that, that religion is a tool to just, to, to, for one, that Bible is just a tool to get you to obey. Look who, look who wrote it first and foremost. The and look who it was written for. Yeah. The motherfucker got a copyright. The Ptolemies wrote that shit. The Ptolemies wrote that. that. That's where it came from. Yeah. This is the thing, right? And this is how I feel about anything, like any religion that teaches me I'm supposed to suffer in this world for the promise of a greater life when, when I die, I ain't fucking with it. That I don't is know what happened when I die. if I've ever heard it. <laughs> I'm, I'll make it simple. If you promise me for a better life when, that, that I'm, I'm supposed to suffer right here where I can feel and touch and see and think 
for a better woman I'm die, gone, right? Man, I, man, I don't give a fuck about that. I'm worried about right now when I'm smiling on the ground, man. Straight up right. like this deal. And Bob Morton's like, trying to tell him. Why I got to enjoy while I'm gone? I've never had anybody come down from heaven to tell me that the clouds were made of gold. Right. Not, not yet. Exactly. Bob Morton's trying to tell him. He said, preacher man, him tell me heaven is on to the earth. I know him don't know what life is really worth. He said, maybe I'll look for your heaven right here while you're on earth. If you know what life is worth, you'll look for yours on earth. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I want my heaven while I'm right here. I don't want to wait till I die to go enjoy. Why the white man having this heaven right here? He ain't much believing all that he, shit. He, he don't believe in that. Suffering. Yeah, he don't, he, 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 don't, he don't believe in none of that shit. He get up off his ass and go handle his business. That's why he's having this heaven right here. He can eat um, uh, oyster tartare and go shoot golf all day while it's stockpiling. It did, it did I, while we struggle and pray all day for God that was to pay our rent. Man, we fucked up. We thank the Lord. We find our food stamp called our keys in the sofa. And see, I gotta go. I gotta go to a scene where an episode of Good Times with Florida. Oh my God, she used to get on my nerves sometimes with that with that religion. She's she made a comment. Um, what did she tell James? She said the Bible said the lion is gonna lay down with the lamb, and he said, Yeah, but only the, the lion gonna get up. Yeah, <laughs> James told her that. Real. Yeah. Shit. You know what? Really you know what's crazy? Stronghold on our people. Don't See, think, we got to talk about religion. But here's the crazy thing, though. Here's the crazy thing. Some people actually need religion to function. So we, we yes. got to be careful. It's a delicate situation. Without religion, without some kind of law. Well, see, the fear mixed in with the laws. Fear and ignorance is a powerful combination. It's hard to break. That's how our people become a, 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 a brainwash because of cognitive dissonance. You know, cognitive different dissonance is when you when you present facts to people and, and they ignore it for their core belief. We gotta stop mm-hmm. doing that. We gotta stop doing that. We gotta stop doing that. Cause you know we how gotta I am, start sis? doing our own research. Exactly. You know how I am, sis? At this point in my life, I don't believe in anything. Either I know and can prove what I know, or I don't know. Or I don't know. Right. I, I mean, and there's nothing wrong. See, they don't understand and it's that. It's okay to say you don't know. Hey, sis, I saying I don't know is still a very intelligent answer. Right. That's a because very that intelligent answer. to go find out. Yeah, it's okay. And, and the truth is, I'm going to be real with you. I don't care what nobody, I don't care what religion say. I don't care what science say. Nobody knows how the first person got here. I don't care nobody. what nobody talking about. Nobody don't know that. What do we know? What do we know? We do know we came from a woman, though. She preceded us. We, all of us, a woman preceded every last one of us actually walking this earth. We know that. You see what I mean when I say I know and I can prove what I know? And I was having mm-hmm. a debate with somebody that wanted to prove either evolution or, or any kind of religious uh, manifestation of human beings. I would simply beat them with, look, I don't know about any of that. I can't prove any of that. But what I can prove is we all came from a woman. Mm-hmm. That's it. You got a belly button. You got a belly button. That means you attached to an umbilical cord. Show me somebody without a belly button that didn't come, that it wasn't uh, att- uh, attached to an umbilical cord to walk this earth. Mm-hmm. Show me one person like that. Mm-hmm. You did. So that's right. what I'm going to stand on when it comes to that. I'm going to stand on what I can prove. And what I can prove is, hey, that's where we came from. I... Life is showing that's just us. a constant rabbit hole that we'll be going down. Well, we can. But at the end of the day, if we stop going down the rabbit hole, just say, no, go back as far as you want to. Maybe be the mm-hmm. first man or the first woman. They had an umbilical cord, too. Right. You know what I'm saying? If they, want, if, they want, if they want to go to science, I can just simply tell them that the XX chromosome existed thousands and thousands of years before the XY chromosome. And the, and the man possesses the XY chromosome. In order for a man to even exist, he got to lose a fourth of his component. 
because the woman has the full mm-hmm. XX. The man has the XY. Every embryo starts out as a female. And the first trimester. Then they change the, then it decides if they want to be a male or a female. See what I'm saying? That's why women are born at a higher rate. Women live longer than men. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they're relatively more healthy than men. Men die in wars. You know? Men die. Yeah, I mean, I mean, men get incarcerated more than women. You know? So that's why that exists. Nature always finds a way to balance itself out. That's just, that's just a part of nature. And we got to accept that as men. Gotcha. It don't make you less of a man. And the black woman is genetically superior to any human being. Right. Genetically. That is a fact. That mm-hmm. is a fact. And it don't make me ashamed to say that. Shit. At all. You know why? You know why I'm not ashamed to say that? Because I'm the type of guy that never had a problem with a woman allowing me to lead her. I I, I never had a problem with that. You know, okay. if you got if you got to act the lead, you're not a leader. If you got right. a problem with your woman with being a leader, you're not a leader. That's how I look at it. So I don't have that kind of problem. I'm cool. If you got to act for the lead, you don't deserve it. You know what I'm okay, saying? Okay, so that leads to my next question. What is the realest advice that you would give this generation? If they're getting in the streets that uh, uh, there are no excuses, it's bullshit and everything goes is a lose-lose situation. That's one. And for number two, the biggest one of them all, mind your fucking business. Stay out of other niggas' business. Because that's how a lot of niggas get caught up in, 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 and get put in twists and shit. You know what I'm saying? That part right there. Stay the fuck out of nigga business, woo. You know what I'm saying? You got to really do that. The number one thing they got to understand is ain't no rules in this game. Ain't nothing. I know they got rules that set. They got rules that set for the game, but nobody don't follow them rules. We get in the streets, you see all type of wicked shit and shit you wouldn't think. Right. You know, niggas say, oh, oh, the bros. Oh, that's the bros. That's the bros. As soon as your dumb ass get locked up, see somebody gonna see some money for commissary. You see I mean? how the bros gonna, you know how, how they roll in. You dig? You know? Or, uh, or, uh, or, uh, uh, you know, fall off or something. Or they ask you something, you tell them no. And you'll see who really your bros and your friends is. Oh, yeah. That type of shit. Because yeah, when the Rico comes. top, everybody loves you. Right. The way the Rico shit work, Niggas got a rat for that to work. Because yeah. they snatch up everybody. They snatch up 40 niggas. How many of them niggas gonna stay silent and ain't gonna rat? You know what I'm saying? But rat mm-hmm. is not supposed to be a part of the game. No, I tell the youngster, bro, look, anything goes. What I would tell you is, I wouldn't tell you not to hustle. Because you might have to, you might have no other way to do it. I'll tell you, get out the game. Find something to do with your money. Right. Buy you some land. Buy you some right. property. Get you invest in a business. Yeah. A family dollar is twenty thousand, twenty-five thousand dollars. Forty thousand dollars. You and your friend, you know, you're going to buy thirty thousand dollars on this chain, go buy some fucking land. Go buy your rig. Go buy your truck. Yeah, go buy your dump truck. Start your trucking business. That's what I tell them. Get your trade. Start your own business. You know, because those are the things I wish somebody would have told me when I was younger. When I was really out here running mm-hmm. with guns and having shootouts, running from the police, going to jail for stupid shit. You know, things of that nature. You know, we coming home from the club, niggas think we got more than what we got. Nigga waiting on my porch with masks on. Mm. Yeah. Had to shoot my own goddamn house up fucking with these niggas thinking I got something I ain't got. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that was just a dangerous life. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad I'm not a part of that no more. But man, I got so many stories of, 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 of situations where we had to actually pull our guns out and use them that they don't even make sense. At least, like I say, at least twice a week, we were either involved in a situation where we could have got killed or killed somebody or went to jail for a long time. At least twice a week. 
But the greatest part of it all is that you're both, you both are here to tell it. Oh, I, I'm from the outside looking and in now. Reach somebody. And I used to be on the inside looking out. Somebody. Now I'm on the outside looking in. I get it. I understand. Mm-hmm. Not just that, since we're in our 40s now. So when I tell my stories on my page, on, on my podcast, when I, when I talk what I talk, I'm talking about 20 years ago. Because yeah. mm-hmm. the last 20 years, we had our own little business. We've been going to work for ourselves. I go to work on these little bird legs I got. See what I'm saying? <laughs> so when they talk about who's snitching, who, who, who the hardest gangster, who's selling, I don't even give a fuck about that shit. Because the streets, I don't give a fuck about no streets. The streets ain't never been real. That shit is a facade. They ain't never been real. Nobody don't love you in the streets. No look, look, in New Orleans, I can't speak for other cities, but in New Orleans, when a nigga get killed, yeah, they don't rock your t-shirt for a week or two. You know, your t-shirt, because you know, put your face on that, we love you after that, they gonna throw that bitch in the dirty clothes and your memory, everything gonna be gone. It goes back nobody going to your, Nobody going to your grave, nobody gonna put no flowers on your grave or none of that shit, but they love you though. That is fake love. That's fake love. That's what I tell these youngsters. Facts. So we're set Shadon apart from Kareem? There's um, a whole lot of different characteristics that we have. I really can't say myself, but I'm the older brother. He's the younger brother, but you know, we we argue, but at, at, but at, look, at the end of the day, since we both like have high vibration, we're going to try to pull the facts out of killer argument. Because a, a lot of times, people only argue. I love that. Yeah, you have to pull the facts out. Don't want to be wrong. You know, argument don't want to be wrong, but you, once you, you you have to actually, we had an argument that I did about something real simple. I was wrong the whole time, but I, what, I, what made me realize I was wrong, instead of arguing with him and going back and forth with him, I thought about what it was mm-hmm. I was really tripping about. And the things mm-hmm. I had left out of my conclusion to get to the point we had to get at. That was just yesterday, as a matter of fact. We was having a hard argument, and I thought about why I was wrong, and I said, you know what? I'm fucking tripping, dog. You're right. You know what I'm saying? And look, mm-hmm. even, even like, we had an argument, me and him had an argument like, a month before that, about a, a, a rap verse, we hauled down all for thirty minutes. But once he said, "You know what, bitch, I'm tripping. You right." We been rubbing each other's face and all that. We said what we <laughs> said, and we kept it pushing. Like, nigga hate to be wrong. Nigga hate to be wrong. Everybody, I ain't gonna say hate to be wrong, but they got time. But you don't want to be wrong. It's your sibling. You don't be wrong against your sibling. You want to be right, right? But if you're wrong, you're fucking you wrong. Know, you got to you got to man up to that. Because you know, a lot of us tend to listen to respond instead of listening to understand. Right. That's where. Right. That's what, that's what I was doing right. yesterday. I had to catch myself. I think I was doing that yesterday. Just listen to respond. And the shit was so simple. Had I just stopped and thought about what the fuck I was talking about. And once I did that, I'm like, I'm, I'm tripping. That's what we were talking about money. I thought about what the money that went at that I had spent. And once I figured that out, I'm like, I'm, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. You know what I'm saying? But it's not a problem mm-hmm. if you're a man to say that. You know what, bro? I'm tripping. My bad. I'm tripping. You have to be able to do that if you're a man. You know what I'm saying? And a woman. I wish more understood that. And you can say you can say I apologize. I was wrong. You know, you can, I think it's feel good to say, man, my bad, bro. I apologize. Because yeah, at one time, I ain't never want to tell nobody. Even though I was wrong, I'd be like, man, fuck how you feel. Yeah. You know, that's how I used to be. Like, when I was young, man, I don't give a fuck. That's why I did that, and I can't take it back. But now I can say I apologize. I'm sorry. You know, I, I was wrong. You got two rounds in the argument and think. Yeah. You can't right. listen, like she said, listen to what they saying. To, to, you gotta to respond. You gotta slow down and really think. Right. Should have come to you in slow motion. Right. Exactly. And with me, because I know, I know it's always been the uh, the um, the stigma that, especially for Black women, that we like to argue and we don't we don't want to take accountability. That's not the case for me. Now, like you said, when you were younger back then, I was like, "Fuck how you feel," because I was very stubborn. But 
Well, it comes with maturity. maturity. It comes with maturity. Right. I have no problem taking accountability, and I love how I feel. Like, I have no problem. Hey, I was wrong. Even if I feel my actions were justifiable, and I know they may have been justifiable, I could say, you know what? I could have handled that a different way. It makes you a better person. It definitely does. Yeah, it does. It does. When you find better ways to deal with things that you know you're not good at dealing with, it makes you a better person. You know what I'm right. saying? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes, like me and my brother both are good at this. Like a lot of times we have conversations with people that we know that don't have the understanding that we have. We don't even get deep into the conversation with them. Because I know they don't have that level of understanding yet. And instead of getting angry, trying to beat it into their head. Or trying to try to use my intellectual superiority over them. We don't even like, do you it. You gotta yeah, remove yourself from it. Huh? You gotta remove yourself from it because sometimes it's exhausting. It takes too much time and energy. It's like, okay, people are getting offended. Right, we're not going nowhere. Let's just agree to disagree because we're not going nowhere. You feel the way you feel. I feel the way I feel. At this point, maybe right now we're not going to come to a common ground. So let's just go ahead and dead this whole situation and come back to it another time if you feel like it. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. If I was to tell somebody, uh, the flood never happened. I have a whole bunch of evidence that proves it simply. Uh, they don't know how much water flooded the planet, but the Bible says that 15 cubits flooded the planet. That's 22 feet of water. Mm-hmm. 22 feet of water can't flood the planet. But if you ask me, you did they got a flood? How much water came up? How much water? Water? They wouldn't even be able to tell you. And the Bible give you the footage. The Bible give you how much rain fell. They don't. They wouldn't even be able to tell you that. But that's what fear and ignorance is. That's a perfect example of it. 15 cubits is 22 feet. Mount Everest is 929,292 feet. How could 22 feet of water flood the planet? How could every animal in the world up to seven fit on that ark? Where they got the wood to build an ark from? <laughs> I was just about, about to say shit? that. What about the shit? Who cleaned the shit? Right. I was just about to say that. They don't need an extra ark just for the food. They need two arcs to just to feed the animals for two weeks. They don't need two arcs. You mentioned you got humans on there too? All kind of nah, shit, man. Come on, man. That's impossible. Elephants, kangaroos, flies, donkeys, pigs, goats. Two of sheep. each, right? Would they tell up to seven, up to seven pairs on some of them, up to seven pairs on some of them. That shit is ridiculous. Yeah, so you know, you have to understand these were stories meant to teach people, but what they did was they made people think that the stories were real and the people were real, and that's where they brought that ignorance in and that fucking fear. I remember asking my mama a long time ago, she's still a devout Christian, I don't knock her, I love her to death. I remember asking her a long time ago, I say, Mom, you know, I wanted to know what hell like. She's like, Oh, baby, you don't want to go down there. It's hot and people screaming and, and your, your skin just burning off and the devil's thinking what the fuck. So even when I was a little boy, that shit scared the fuck out of me. Mm-hmm. And from then, that fear made me not question much until I got a little older and I thought and I understood what sales was and I knew where pain came from. And I asked myself, even when I was 11, 12 years old, well, damn, if my cells and my skin burn off, how am I going to feel pain? Right. And then it's For like, eternity. how do you know? Yeah. How do you know? How does anybody, how does anybody know that? God. You don't question God. And I'm like, well, if I don't, how am I get the answers? Like, I, I used to be so confused. And, and you know, well, you don't lean on your own understanding. See, see, you got to think about right. it. Right. Like, you tell you don't lean on your own understanding. Well, who the fuck understand I'm supposed to lean on then? Right. <laughs> I'm going to lean <laughs> on the understanding you. that you gave me. That's the only understanding I have. Because I'm fucked up. You know what I'm saying? It must mean you fucked up. Because I've been in your life with your image, right? That's just Right. Crazy. It's crazy. It makes you, know, it make you it make the gold inside of you stay sleep. Instead of waking the guard up inside of you, that's what you got to wake up first. Yep. 
And then you understand all this shit from a different, a different spectrum. We tell all these little dudes, say, bro, listen, you, you'll kill every nigga in the world except that nigga inside of you, bro. That's what you gotta kill first, bro. And that's what you gotta kill first. Right, I be sitting there scratching my head like, well, if Mary was a virgin, how did she have a baby? Like, none of that makes sense. Man, you know how to, I, how did he if walk I was, on water? If I was Joseph, I'd have came home and she'd have told me, baby, I'm pregnant for the Holy Spirit. I said, yeah, well, you and the Holy Spirit get the fuck out. Both you and the Holy Spirit. And that baby. And that baby. Y'all get up out of here. Tell me some shit about that. You pregnant for the Holy Spirit. Man, you and the baby, get up out of here. Nobody trying to, man, what? You know what that was about? I'm like, no, that was about, and I don't hurt nobody's feelings, but you know, you know what that was about? You know what that was about? You put on my shoe. You know what that was about? What was that about? And I don't want, no, want nobody to get offended. I don't want nobody to feel no kind of way. I don't want nobody to feel nothing, but a lot of people, when they came and took that religion, a lot of the writers and the people that was in charge of that, they were, they were tambourine players. I don't. I can't say it. I don't want to just the channel strike. I, I got you. But you know what I, I mean. I what you put so, uh-huh. so they, they couldn't. They couldn't fathom just a natural birth between a man and a woman just having a, a natural. Love. You know, you'll say that the, 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 that the Holy Spirit got Mary pregnant. But then you'll say he come from the line of David. How? There's a lot of hidden messages in there. It's, right. it's what they say. You don't. Sometimes it's not often what they say. It's what they don't say that you really need to be paying attention to. Right. But see, some people got to rise. You got to rise. You got to be. You can't be scared to challenge your belief system. And that's what I do. Mm-hmm. I challenge my belief. At one time when I did, I had to challenge my belief. And I started challenging. I'm like, hold up. I say, wait. How we got a holy family? You got the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. But you ain't got no mother. You ain't got no, you ain't got no woman in the, in the, in the holy family. Mm-hmm. Where, you, where yeah. your woman at? Like, you know, you ain't got no balance in your godship. So that, that's the first thing I started looking at. Like, hold up. This shit doesn't even make sense. How you got a holy family? How you got a holy family? And you ain't got no, you ain't got, you ain't got no woman involved in it. That let me know no that. when Rome, when Rome, when Rome came into ancient Kemet, and the Europeans inv- invaded ancient Kemet, they couldn't understand how we how we venerated the woman. We had man, woman, and child. You know, we had man, woman, and child. You know, that was the original Trinity. They couldn't understand why we venerated the woman because the kingship came through the through, through the through the lap of the mama. Before you could be the pharaoh, you had to sit on the lap of the mama. See what I'm saying? That's why we venerated yeah, her because, because every woman wanted to see her son be the king. You want to see him shine. And we understood that if the woman's straight, our children are going to be straight. If our children are straight, our nation going to be straight. And that's what we lost focus at. You know what I'm saying? On, grown men on their knees praying to another man to come save them and bless them. Man, I wish the fuck I would. <laughs> hey, that's, that's, that's really where they got us fucked up at, yo. They really got us fucked up at right there. Right, man, listen. Yeah, if, really if a woman see her man, Jedi man trick ever. If a woman see her man on her on his knees, she need to go kick him in his ass. And you the man of this house. You the man of this house. You on your knees praying to another man. She need to kick him in his ass. Hard as she can. You know. Just say that again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, sis? Our people be faking. Mm-hmm. What, what you mean they be faking? They know fucking well. They're in this house of the goddamn devil talking about we're going to church on Sunday. They know Pastor fucking such and such and Deacon Deacon Jones fucking such and such wife. And the teenager, the teenagers in the back having sex on the back of the bus. On the, they know all this shit going on. And, and the choir director, another tambourine player. Right. He's mm-hmm. going to seven pounds. Hey, come on, man. A den of iniquity. It's a den of iniquity. You know, and we just left there like, like, it, like it's okay. We go cleanse our guilt on Sunday. Man, that shit's sick. 
And then raise the most hell once they hit the parking lot. Oh man, like it, that shit is fake to me. I ain't got time for it. And then he made four hundred million dollars. He don't give nothing back to the black community. That's how much Ooh. the black churches made last year. Four hundred billion. Four hundred billion dollars. We should be seeing a lot more in our communities than we've been seeing, man. So it's a scam. Yeah, it's, so it, 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 it's a hell of, hell of a scheme. I remember, like, they used to pick us up when we was little going to church. They said, whoever uh, uh, catch the Holy Ghost the most gonna get the most money. So these people got us in church acting like we catching the Holy Ghost, they gonna give us the most money after church. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. That shit was fake, man. It was abused. It was abused, but that right there played in my mind, too. I knew them when they were, when they were doing that, man. This shit phony, man. And use the Bible to justify that bullshit. See, when I got older, exactly. When I got older, I understood that an over, overwhelming feeling of emotion would have you pass out. I have you act abnormally. And that's what happens when you're in church a lot. You have an overwhelming sense of emotion. Whether it be pain that you was holding in, whether it be joy, whether it be sorrow, whether it be relief, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. And it comes out in the craziest ways. People think that's catching the spirit and oh he passed out. Yeah, man, nigga, he would have with a strong feeling of emotion. The body is powerful. That's true. You dig what I'm saying? That's what it be a lot of times. But man, like you say, uh, you cannot kick me in my ass, hang me from trees, rape my wife, cut her stomach open while she's pregnant, and kick the baby around, tar and mm. feather me, have sex with me in front of my children, have sex with my wife in front of my children, emasculate me, and then give me a book telling me to love my enemy. Telling me to obey my earthly masters. Telling me to turn other cheek. Telling me to love those who wrongfully persecute me. You can't do that to me. One of these slave-minded niggas in 2023, you probably can do that too. But I ain't the one. You can't give me no book telling me that while you're doing all this shit to me and my people, man. Tell me I'm chosen. Tell me I'm a chosen people. All we got to do is turn back to you. When I was turned away from you. You understand? Man, we gotta be better than that, man. We gotta be better than that as a people. We gotta, we gotta fall under that reli- religion. We gotta that religion. Be like Marcus Garvey. I like that. Religion. Yeah. That's I'll be like Marcus Garvey and Malcolm X and Khalid Muhammad. Hey, leave your religion at home. You, your relationship with your God between you and your God. We're gonna do with our people, man. Let's put that first. Let's put that first. Your relationship Absolutely. with your God between you and your God. Don't try to persecute me because I don't believe what you believe. Oh, I don't Absolutely. rock what you rock with. You dig? I dig it. Yeah. I definitely dig it. But let me come so, now. We've we, we, we been running for two hours now. I mean, well, oh, I now you good. That fast. You so, good. All right. So what are the twins currently doing now? What projects are you working on that you want folks to know about? We're working on a dating show. Date the twins. You heard me? We're working on that. Uh, okay. Uh, we gonna start doing casting for that shortly. We working. We uh, we got our, our our podcast live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You know, we touch on certain topics, and people ask us questions about you know New Orleans and our life, and we answer those questions. You know, things like that. Talk about whatever hot topics is going on, things of that nature. Okay, and what time is your podcast? Tell the people what time your podcast. It's the Think Twice podcast, twice with the two on YouTube. Uh, uh, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at eight thirty. Think Twice okay. podcast, twice with the two. It and did. I know you was telling me that you had a non-profit organization. Yeah, it's called We Are Responsible. We're putting it I together right it. now. You did? Just give me okay. a minute on that right there. We're working on that right now. Okay. But uh, yeah, yeah, we have a Think Twice podcast. The, the Cash App is Think Twice podcast also. Twice with the two. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what we're doing right now. Okay. Putting our family And outside up. of that, where can, where can the folks find you? Uh, on Instagram, I'm Shadama Turn. And on, on Instagram, he's Kareem Turn. 
Twice podcast. I think Twice Podcast on Instagram. With the two. Twice with the two, baby. That's our motto. All right. Yeah. And any shout outs you want to give? I want to give a shout out to everybody that's trying to do their podcasting thing. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. Uh, I want to give a shout out to people that understand that we have to vibrate on high frequencies and keep our egos in check. And uh, let's learn to organize and unify. That's about it. All right. I like that. I got a prophecy for everybody. You ready for it? Go ahead. Unify or die. That's a prophecy. That's a real prophecy. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Unify or die. Well, this has been the Brutally Opinionated Podcast with your girl, Tamika Matei, affectionately known as Yimi. And I have had the pleasure of speaking with the Magnolia Twins, Shadon and Kareem. I have really enjoyed this, y'all. I really did. And I got to have y'all come back for another episode. Anytime. Just hit me up. You know what it is. I appreciate it. All right. I appreciate it. And we are out. Peace.